You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we start the show, I want to tell you about Dodge. See your authorized Dodge dealer and experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Schedule a test drive. Go to Dodge.com and check out our powerful lineup. Welcome to another episode of CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. we got our buddy Bill Goldberg on the phone again. How are you, Bill? Boom, boom. Doing good, man. All another right. week. Uh, CarCast is brought to you guys by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat up to 90%. We're going to get into this more later this week. Put Zybar on. Take heat off. You can learn more at Zycoat.com. That's Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. Check out Zycoat.com. We're going to have those guys come in maybe uh, later this week and tell you a little bit more about what they're doing. Um, uh, man, so we've got uh, we've got some news to cover, things that are happening, and uh uh, we're getting ready to go to Rensport. Uh, Adam's going to be racing his Porsche. But uh, I was flipping through some of uh, the latest news I wanted to, that I thought might be interesting to talk about. And of course, uh, uh, John Cena's Ford GT is back in the news. <laughs> this uh, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, he's he's like Rollins hitting the wall at the uh, road. I know. I mean, it's it's kind of <laughs> like it's like it's not even involved with him anymore. Like, so his car finally, you know, he settled with Ford, and there was some money exchanged, and probably went to charity, something like that, right? Um, and uh, the dealer that was all involved that was like brokering the deal, um. Uh, you know, bought the car from Cena and sold it to like a farmer, and 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 then that guy took it to auction in Monterey just this past August. He took it to Russo and Steel. It's just fine. I, I like the guys at Russo. It seems like an odd, you know, auction to take it to in Monterey. Um, but it sold for one point four million dollars, and then apparently whoever bought it has put one mile on the odometer. And the car is going back to auction. It's going to Meekum in Dallas in October, beginning of October, coming up pretty soon, like October 3 through 6. So now the question is, we're going on what, like fourth owner <laughs> of this car? And does it yeah, keep going up in value? Is anybody actually going to buy it? Is anybody actually going to buy it that's going to drive the damn thing? Well, the whole idea was, you know... The Ford GT, you've driven one, I've driven one, they're badass, right? Like, it's fair to say we love this car, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, if it was a tiny bit bigger, I'd love it. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and what it is, yes, I love it. For its performance, I love it. And, yeah. and, and for for me, for like what it represents in the supercar world, I love it. Like we've always said, you know, we've liked the McLaren 720S and we like, you know, all the great supercars that are out there. But I do like that Ford being, in, in, you know, the American company can play in that game and get some respect with a car that performs and isn't Absolutely. going up in value. So I just like everything that it sort of represents. And it was a cool car for, for me to drive. And you're right. I, I did fit a little better into it than i'm sure you did um uh and the idea was this was 
Ford wants to make it limited edition, and they try to come up with a pretty good idea of making it fair to buy. There's 250 a year each year for four years. And yeah, if you owned the previous Ford GT and were a Ford client, you'd be rewarded by being able to be on the list. And if you get the car, you basically have an agreement that says you can't sell it for two years. They just wanted people to just own them a little while, hopefully enjoy them for a little while, and then you could you can sell it. So now the first of these cars that were delivered are are starting to get past this two-year mark. So you're going to start seeing them to go to auction. And of course, this is an opportunity for somebody who wanted these cars to buy them at a premium. But you, they want them to go to you know people that weren't able to get on the list, you know, and but really love the car and and want the car, right? And so the idea of this car being flipped again and again bugs me a little bit, but. I do like that it's pulling some pretty decent numbers. So what do you think? Do you think this – I mean if somebody bought it for $1.4 million all in, I guess, with the fees and everything, they're looking for at least $1.4 million hammer price, right? Like, well, they'll probably have to pay a percentage as a seller's fee. So I don't know. Like if he doesn't want to take a loss on the car, he's really got to be looking for like one point seven. Do you think this car can go up? Three hundred thousand dollars in in two months. Did I think a Dodge Demon <laughs> could go for one hundred and eighty to two hundred grand? You know, such a short period of time after it came out. Um, these these cars and the stories attached to them make them un un. Tra- uh, you know, uh, it, you, it, it's a it's a guessing game. It truly is. Um, if there's more than one person out there that wants to pay the money for the car at any auction, the price could go up. So, yeah. I um, guess it could you go You just never yeah. really know. Like, you I, don't. It's the first time for the, for the general public to get their hands on it. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's see. Now, uh, I, I believe it will. Now, I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure that at Barrett-Jackson in Scottsdale this past January, there was a special agreement with Ford – that um, that they sold the first Ford GT, I believe. I think somebody owned it, and they made an agreement with Ford with all the money going to charity. So whoever owned the car said, hey, Ford, uh, I'm looking for a write-off. This is a cool car. I don't mind donating all the money to charity if you're on board with letting us selling it and you get on board with promoting it. And Ford said, sure. Let's do it. Let's let's make the deal. And um, because I'm pretty sure I saw that Ford GT in Scottsdale. I don't remember what it sold for. Um, maybe we can find that out at some point. Um, but uh, but I think the very first one did sell for charity money. Now charity money doesn't isn't a good yeah, benchmark for the value of the car. Not right? not at all. No. By no means is that a good benchmark. No, because you and I have seen this a hundred times. Like we'll go to Barrett Jackson and even just watch it on TV and you know, they'll be like, You can buy the right for the first, you know, for the twenty twenty GT five hundred, you know. And sure, it's gonna be an eighty, eighty five thousand dollar car and someone's gonna buy it for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars because Anything above that eighty-five grand, all the money goes to charity, and Ford's donating it, and you're kind of buying serial number one. Like there's there's a there's a whole point of it getting that kind of money, and, and Barrett Jackson especially is known for that kind of stuff, and we love them for it. As, They've done yeah, a ton as, of as, charity as, dollars. It's sold for yeah, two point no, five. No question, and, and, and 
I was just going to say it sold for 2.5. Yeah, yeah um, nailed so it. <laughs> there you see that it's, yeah. uh, it's, you just never know. It's, it's, a, it's a variable. You know, but none of these numbers surprised me. $2.5 million for buying the first four GT for not being on the list and it going to charity doesn't surprise me. And then you say Cena's car sold for $1.4 million uh, at Russo in Monterey. That doesn't surprise me. I think that's probably the right amount of bump on that car. And I think these cars, I think they're going to go up a little bit more over the next couple of years as they start to hit the auction block. And then they'll probably drop a, a little bit. 10% and then and kind of level out and just sit there for just a little while and then and then the long-term trajectory will be these cars will 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 go up but i think it'll spike it'll level out it'll sort of correct itself if you will and then and then it'll go but i don't think they're going to drop i think they'll go up to you know they're at, if they're at 14 now they might go to 182 million they might Settle at around one six, and then if I had a guess, and then and and over the next six seven years, creep their way up. Um, uh, that just well, forget about the forget about the collectability of it as far as the celebrities concerned, um, or anything such as that. The technology of the car in and of itself makes it worthy of that price in such limited numbers. Yeah, that's that's I, my opinion. Uh, and and it's funny because you mentioned the celebrity aspect. I don't I don't know that Cena's name is helping the value of this car because the story is so tainted. Now the car isn't. The car's only got six hundred and twenty five miles on it or something. So it's it's not like it's a ragged car or anything like that. It's just I just don't think. I, look, I think in most cases, sure, a Cena, a Goldberg, a, you know, a Corolla. I think any of this could potentially add some value to the car. And why not? I mean, it certainly should. But I just don't think it is in this case because, the, you know, we're already on – it's going to be the owner number four at some point. And then uh, and Cena, you know, the, the, I don't know, just, just Except just for the fact karma. that there's only one that went through all the be it bullshit that this one went through. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. In five years from now, if this car goes to auction and another Ford GT goes to auction, uh, are they comparable? Or with all with all of the people that are out there that you've seen throughout the years yeah. <laughs> and Aaron Jackson and elsewhere, um, with drinks in their hands and oh, yeah. phones in their <laughs> other hand, you cannot tell me that there is not one person out there that would pay an exorbitant amount of money for the one that John Cena had that went through all the bullshit. At yeah, I mean it's not quite like buying OJ's Bronco, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> you know so i you know we always talk about on the show uh we talk about how the big brother in the car world brings up the little brother and the example we've given a million times and 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 forgive me for saying it again but the the mercedes the sl gullwing you know uh that car is 1.2 1.3 million and the 190 is you know used to be 30 grand and now it's i don't know 200 grand or something like the big brother always pulls up the little brother and let me tell you this is another example of that as these new four gts start to hit the auction blocks anybody out there with a 2005 2006 gt which is a cool car those things are hovering around the 275 to 300 mark I think is now the time to buy one because well, as yeah, the new it's, GTs it's, 
start to hit the auction block in the next couple of years, you can't afford $2 million for it. You can get the previous GT for three hundred grand, and then it may be go for three twenty or three fifty or 400 right? Well, but I haven't, I haven't checked the, uh, the U- U.S. statistics or the world statistics lately, but um, it, it, the, the older car even more so creates a smaller niche of midgets that can fit in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, so let's talk about let's talk about that. If someone's actually going to drive the thing, and well, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely not in the consider. It's never been a consideration for me. That that thing's even smaller than the new one. Yeah, and and the the with the door with the roof on on it is it has to swing oh, out yeah. far. It's a little hokey, but it's still a, it's still a, a very cool car. And you know, a little bit of a of a of a shameless plug on my part, but um, I've got a good friend of mine that we've been working together for for years. He's a good dude, and uh, in and you know, the wife wants a house, another house. And so now he's got to sell a handful of his cars to make it happen, right? And uh, he's a little depressed about it, but understands that the wife uh, let him buy all these cars for years and years and years, and now she gets what she wants. So he's got (laughs) four cars that he is selling, and I'll run them down for you real quick because these are super interesting. Um, He definitely has uh, the best of the four. He does have a 2006 Ford GT. It's red with the white stripes. It's fantastic. It's got all four options. It's got, you know, the the upgraded wheels and uh, uh, the the Macintosh stereo and the subwoofer. It's got all the options. It's got a few thousand miles on it. I don't know, maybe 9,000 miles or something on it. It's the right car. It's not so few miles you can't drive it, and it's not too many miles that you you don't want to add anymore. It's perfect. You want to buy this car, it's fantastic, uh, um, and it's, it's a great American color combination, red with the white stripes. That car is awesome. The other car he's got is uh, my favorite in, in the collection, is a 1974 Pantera GTS. You might have seen me post this up on my Instagram. There's only 74 is the last year of the Ford and Di Tommaso partnership. When they started selling the Panteras in 1980, that's Di Tommaso on his own. Right, that's no longer real the official Ford relationship. So in '74 was the last year. Only 98 GTSs were made, and this one is a complete hundred point restoration. The car is absolutely perfect, full matching numbers. Uh, the original owner, a doctor, owned it for thirty something years, and uh, uh, and then uh, my buddy bought it and did the restoration on it, and and, and it's it's perfect. I mean that car is awesome. I don't think you'd fit in it, Bill, but um, but it's good. I know I wouldn't. So you know his Ford going. GT. That's, that's, I'm o for I'm o for two. It's no big deal. Keep going. You're saving me money. His Ford GT said he's six two and he fits in it pretty well, but he's not quite as broad as you. He's a skinny dude. He's 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 uh. He's as sick. I said, number three. Yeah. Right. All right. So number three is a 1988 Lamborghini Countach LP5000 QV. Red, tan leather. Number four. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got all the good options on it. It's got the wing. Um, he just did a huge a valve job on it with upgraded stainless steel valves. By the way, when you're four valves per cylinder, because the QV is a quattro valve, you're four valves and you're 12 cylinder and you're buying stainless steel valves. And that's 
$20,000 valve job. And a new clutch is $20,000. I've actually driven this car. He's brought it here on a car cast. I've driven the car. It is phenomenal to drive. You can't see out of it, but then you realize you're in a red Lamborghini Countach, so everybody sees you. <laughs> so it's a little less of a concern. Um, it's typical Italian. It's low. You're sitting in this tub. Uh, so your, 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 your feet, the pedal box is like off to the right six inches. So you're kind of skewed when you're driving it. And what's funny is, is the brake pedal and the gas pedal are so close together. You can't wear a shoe. You can't get a shoe in between there without hitting both pedals at once. But the clutch is so heavy. So much fun. The the clutch is so heavy. You got to wear a shoe. So you got to drive it with one shoe. (laughs) And it's funny because every, every girl that I've talked to, uh, they say, that's how we drive those cars anyway. Any any car. They're like, she's like, I pretty much take my shoes off and drive, you know, barefoot or socks. And, and, and you know, it tells me Courtney Hands and our friend Courtney tells me this all the time. She's like, I always take my shoes off because I can't really drive in heels. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, okay. Car number four. 1967 Corvette 427 Big Block. 435 horsepower tri-power car. Super rare, super special, but this car is unrestored. There's a guy named David Burroughs. He basically created like the Bloomington certification. Uh, he invented the survivor class cars. He, 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 he got a trademark on the name, and it's since grown to certify other cars, makes, and models. This was the very first car with the real survivor certification. It's the first Corvette with the survivor for, uh, certification. It's in the Corvette Hall of Fame as the first survivor Corvette ever. And uh, it's a multiple winner. Winner, And you can only be original once. So all that's little cracks in the paint and little, you know, a little bit of rust here and there is what creates value for this car. And there's some cars you restore. There's some cars you don't. You don't restore this car. This car has been written up in magazines and it's featured uh, in videos as the car that created the Survivor class. This is a very cool car. Big block. You can drive it. It runs and drives great. Uh, You know, big block, four-speed, tri-power, side pipes. It's badass. And you can take the top off, Bill, so you might fit. (laughs) You fit in your Cobra. Well, that's real. No, I don't fit in my Cobra. I <laughs> pour myself into my Cobra. I don't fit in my Cobra. No, not at all. I look like a monkey humping a football driving the damn That's kind of true. Actually, you, um, we, we filmed something together years ago. If you guys didn't see this from back in the day, we were doing these GQ magazine videos, and uh, we went for a ride in the Cobra. And... Um, you're right. You, you, you squeeze into that thing, but then two people in that car. I don't know. Like Gage. Oh, Gage used to be used to be small kid, and he can fit, and I'm sure he loved it. But now he's a big kid. Oh yeah, you and Gage would be perfect in that car. But any other, you know, no. It's, 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 but that that you know that's a beautiful car. Hey, all those cars are beautiful. It's like when I did Automaniac, and I and I had to. Uh, go check out low riders and I had to check out other cars that I wouldn't be, you know, necessarily caught dead in, but I can greatly appreciate craftsmanship and, you know, the, the laborious tasks to, to bring a car back to, 
originality or make it as nice as humanly possible. But, um, yeah, that vet is uh, the only one of the four that would interest me for sure because I like to drive my cars and those sound like one hell of a stable and he should be able to get rid of those quite quickly, I would imagine. Yeah, and uh, he, he's a good dude. So anybody wants these cars, hit me up on social media, send me an email, we'll, we'll work something out for you. Um, but uh, he wants a right of first refusal to buy them back one day. <laughs> Nice. Well, hey, and, uh, I, I can understand that. And because you never know, you know, he's, he he keeps trucking away with his businesses, and um, you know, once he's got a few house payments made, he might want to start buying his cars back. And I, I'm all for that. So I do it. So uh, that's hard to get rid of your baby. That's the contingency is. Uh, is if you want one of these, uh, he wants to be able to to buy it back. Hey, fair market value. Maybe make a little money off of it. He's not, he's willing to pay, and uh, and that's the way this to works. Make money off of it. Yeah, yeah. right. That's you the way this works. Couldn't sell it back to him at the same price this year. So. No, no, no. I mean, you could, but I don't. There's no, no point in doing that. All these cars are going to go up in value. <laughs> Look, I. The, what I love about these four cars, there's sort of two schools of thought with these. If you're looking for a good collector car and you have several cars, there are three good cars in there for sure. That Corvette, that Pantera, and that Countach. Absolutely. But if you're just getting in, you know, if you got some money and you're getting into, you want a cool car, a weekend car, a cars and coffee car, you know, whatever, steak night, church, whatever, GT, dude. That four GT, you get in, the air works, it fires up. You know, it's you're right. It's a little funky, like getting in and out of it. But that's part of the that's part of the sexiness of it. Is you get to you get to experience everything on that car. So uh, all of those cars are worthy of doing what you have. What you um, uh, anyway, so that's that's what we're going on with that. Oh, you know, look, we also got a Lamborghini 350 GT, but you don't need to hear that from me. Adam will talk about that for days. Um, we got some more news I want to get into, but first I'm going to tell you about Continental Belts. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, I'm not talking about petrified fry, petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that makes you just wonder about, folks. And another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line every day. They're also OE in a majority of BMWs and VWs. I've got one in mine. I've got one in my M3. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. These are belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has the OE technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So, hey, you've got enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. All right. So. You know, hey, let me cut you off. It yep. takes a, 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 a huge amount of talent to read those. <laughs> and I usually, I'm usually um, quite attentive. But in the beginning of that, Ad, you invented a word, and I want I it noted. <laughs> I want it noted that it goes into the dictionary now. Petrifries, petrifries, the fries, that are, <laughs> fries, the fries that you find underneath your seat in your car after a year. That's a new word. Thank I, you very much, my friend. It, listen, I'm telling you, I'm I'm merging the words. It's like. Uh, 
it's it's like in the entertainment world where they merge everybody's last names together, Brangelina or something. You know, it's like yeah, Petrifries. I like it. <laughs> it's funny. We used to sell something else on the show. I forgot what it was called, but it was the uh, it was this thing that goes in between your seats in the center console. So when you drop, so when you drop your petrifies, <laughs> you can scoop them out. Like it, it's like a like a catch can or like a bag. I forgot what that damn thing was called, but uh, but that thing was kind of neat too. Um, uh, so in the Lamborghini world, you know we're fans of Lamborghini over here. Again, I'm not sure if you fit in any of them, but uh, but we enjoy them. Lamborghini is releasing the Aventador SVJ. So we know there's an Aventador. And the SVs are sort of their lighter weight versions or the two-wheel drive versions or whatnot. And the J, uh, the J is interesting because back in the Mura days, we had a Mura P, a Mura S, an SV, and a handful of SVJs. And the J was for Jota, J-O-T-A. And uh, they were sort of a specialty kind of hopped up uh, version of it. So the Aventador is using that naming convention, and they have an Aventador SVJ. The Aventador is an interesting car. I don't know. Have you had a chance to drive any of these modern supercars like an Aventador, the Uricon? No. I, uh, no I, you know, I used to have a horrible impression of these cars, and it was pretty much you know, the public perception of them. But the craftsmanship and the technology of these Lambos is, is definitely – uh, caught up and and superseded its their their focus is not the visual spectacular as much anymore, which I'm greatly appreciative of as a car guy. Mm-hmm. But I still can't I still can't really fit in these cars, so I can't really appreciate them as much as I would like to. But uh, you know, a Lambo would be an option for me now that it's you know it's more of a all around car and it's a performance car and they concentrated on performance much more so than aesthetics it's 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 interesting it is it more shoulder width or height are you yes. too tall it's, it's, you, it's you just can't fit your shoulders in there you just you yeah, just hit a door thing, man. yeah you just can't yeah um well the svj i drove the aventador and uh some years ago and it turned out like i'll be honest with you they they brought it over and uh, I brought it over here, and I told Adam, I was like, hey, here's an Aventador. Uh, take it home. Drive it for a few days. Adam's like, I'm not bringing that to my house. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, no, it's an awesome car. He's like, I'm sure it is. But I feel like uh, a little douchey. And I was like, well, let's go drive it around. And we drove it around the neighborhood here. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I was like, you want to take it home? He's like, no, you take it home. <laughs> um, and then I did. I took it home, and it was fine. And then uh, I drove it. I hit the canyons with it. And the sound, that V12, naturally aspirated V12, is fantastic. So I really started fantastic. to fall in love with the car. Um, and then Adam was doing, like, a live comedy show. Uh, he had a restaurant. What was the restaurant? Amalfi. Amalfi. And uh, – uh, and I knew that if anybody showed up in a flashy car, they would think it's him. So I, I think I called Chris or maybe Gary was there. And I was like, see if you could save me a spot right out front. And I pulled up the Aventador. <laughs> and then I got there early and then I left. I just walked in and that was it. And then everybody who showed up all night I thought it was Adam's car. They're like, oh, this Corolla's driving the Aventador. And I was like, there you go. <laughs> um, so this uh, this new SVJ apparently – is 
amazing. Like any little flaws handling wise or whatnot in the Aventador have been have been fixed. The car is lighter weight. Now keep in mind it's a big it's a big car. Even with all of its carbon fiber, it still weighs something like thirty nine hundred pounds. But active aero, four wheel steering, it has a lighter weight sport exhaust in it. And the result is well, the result is five hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. But uh with that, zero to sixty in two point eight seconds and a top speed of 218 miles an hour. And that's something we, we you, you can get 2.8 seconds in a Tesla, but you're not going to get 218 miles an hour. You know? Um, you can get, you can get, uh, you can get about 208 or 202 in a Hellcat. Yeah. Man, I'm waiting for those Motor Trend boys, those Roadkill boys to come back to drag race us again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm just curious about what we're what we'll be driving this time. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that was a. Fun but it event. should be our choice because we we won. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying to uh, drag race the manual. I, you know, we we did an, an apples to apples comparison. Everybody was in the same cars. Everybody was automatic, and I wouldn't mind uh, having my hand at the manual. See if I can. Gotta come up with something very interesting for this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I say you go That's a little longer. I, I say we go a little longer. I say we do a half mile, and that allow us to compensate for any little uh, personal mistakes like I made. <laughs> and uh, and it'd be nice to see where we go. You know, if you're hitting 150 miles an hour or, or more at the end of that, you know. Yeah, I, there are a lot of ways we could go with this. Um, we got to huddle. We got to huddle up and figure it out. Maybe the, the uh, listeners could throw some ideas out. That'd yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If we do, uh, if we do some more drag racing, I'm going to be wearing my Wrangler jeans. Everybody's got a I'll favorite you pair will. of jeans. Your cowboy boots. <laughs> That's right. Well, you've got the cowboy boots all the time. <laughs> what was terrible is, is you were wearing like the really nice, expensive cowboy boots in Detroit, and then it just started to rain. It just turned into a muddy disaster. I just thought you were going to take your boots off and walk through the mud barefoot because that's easier to clean than the boots, right? <laughs> I'm from Oklahoma, man. I got I got where my boots are to be worn. <laughs> all right, I'm going to tell you about Wrangler. Everybody's got a favorite pair of jeans that fit perfect and always look great. No one knows this better than Wrangler. Wrangler jeans, they're made for the modern-day adventurers. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, these are the jeans for you. Classic and modern styles, a range of fits, and a price that works for you as well. Plus, they have vintage re-releases. If you visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits, Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. I didn't make up any words in that ad. Fifty bucks to the first person who sends us a a, a picture of them riding a skateboard on Venice Boulevard <laughs> wearing a pair of regular regular jeans. Yeah, or you can take a picture in your Aventador with the jeans. We'll take that too. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be funny. Thing. We uh we talked about hey uh, hey hey yeah. hey before, before I'm sorry to cut you off, but hey, you saw the post. When I was caught in traffic, right, and that red car that was on the back of that flatbed, yes, that looked like a what the hell was that car? Hold on, let me see if I can find the find the post here. Well, Chris will find it. See if you can dig up. Uh, 
Bill's Instagram. I got to find that. See, guy. Let's see. Let's see what you can come up with. I, I I can't believe you didn't already give me your guess. Yeah. Did I? Did I respond? Maybe I didn't respond. But while he's looking that up, real quick. Well, oh, ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I would have thought if anybody would have known, it would be you, you, uh, Adam. Yeah. That is kind of interesting. Um, it looks familiar, and I can't, I can't pinpoint it. To me, it looked like an old Lambo. Yeah, it does have some Lamborghini until, in it. Until I saw the rivets all over the body. Yeah. Um, we'll post it online, too, on our website if anybody wants to give us a guess. So you can't give me a good guess, huh? I'm going to say... Pizzerini. Really? That's yeah. your guess? Yeah. It's better than mine, because I don't really have one. I'm gonna and say, I saw the car. I'm going to say Bizzerini. Chris, look up a Bizzerini and see if it has that gill in the front and that gill in the back, because that's my guess. Pizzerini? Bizzerini. There's a bunch of Zs. Oh, fucking nailed it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. I gave you an opening and there you, you go. It. Wow. This was not set up. Bill's not just trying to make So it was like a, I swear. No, <laughs> not at all, man. I, I hey, I, I like to learn also. Yeah. It's a bit Serini 5300 GT, I believe. At least we pulled up an image and that's what it says, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought Pizzerini because they had that Italian style as well. And I think there was, I forgot who they worked with, Gio or Lamborghini or something on some of yeah. those body designs. Um, uh, yeah, that yep, thing's cool. It. I wonder where it's going. I, I don't know. know. I wonder how many they made. Yeah, we, we can find that out. Chris can dig that up. Because it, it is a rare occurrence that it's a car that you or I have never seen before. Yeah, it Although just, I, you know, they are I rare for sure. A picture of that. Yeah, that's a cool shot though because you don't get to see it from that angle that much, and that's what kind of threw me off was the back. I didn't know the back sort of rounds up like that. Uh, anyway, check out Goldberg's Garage, Goldberg Garage, Goldberg Garage. I can't see it from here. Yeah, that's a nineteen sixty-five three sixty-eight one hundred thirty-three built. Yeah, that well, that's why we don't see many gorgeous car. <laughs> Yeah, they're cool. You probably won't fit in it, but it looks nice. <laughs> I bet uh, I'd fit in that. It looks like an old Daytona. Yeah. It does have a little bit of Daytona to it as well. It's got a little bit of like Mura front end, a little Daytona back end. It's cool. So check out uh uh check out Goldberg's garage on uh on Instagram. You can see that picture we're talking about. It's red, it's on the flatbed. He's driving around with that. Um uh what's going on with your car? Is you doing anything new? Yeah, man, we got uh, bare brakes and send of the uh, new upgrade for the Challenger. When are those coming um, in? It should be this week. It should be installed next week, and uh, I actually get to drive the thing after the new suspension and brakes are in, and hopefully uh, we've got uh, a sponsor jumping on board for those wide fenders. The thing will be rolling here soon. What do you What are you using on the bake? Brakes, 15-inch, 6-piston? Yeah, their biggest biggest setup. Um, they were going to go a little smaller, but um, they said, "Why the hell not? Let's throw out all the stops 
and let's go for it because it's going to be track. You know, it's going to be a track car. So um, I don't want to have to take the originals off that they give me and, and then upgrade. So why not just go for the top of the line? They're going to do six piston in the rear as well, right? Bear's pretty good yep. about doing that kind of stuff. You know, um, yeah, that's what that's what the difference is. It was original. It wasn't originally the six piston in the rear. So. Now it's it's easy to over brake the rear, especially on these front engine cars where the where the, you know when you really dive into the brakes, the rear end gets very light. It's easy to over brake, and the guys at Bear, I work with them as well. And uh, they take their six-piston calipers for the rear, and the pistons are actually a little bit smaller. So the look, aesthetically, the front and rears match. You get the same uh, looking, uh, you know, know, monoblock billet six-piston caliper, but the rear pistons are a little smaller. And that, with a proportioning valve, you can kind of dial it down a little bit in the back and get in the right balance, but it still looks like you got the the massive uh, brakes front and rear. On my red Mustang Cobra that I've been working on forever and ever, um, they set me up with that kind of deal as well. I've got six pistons in the front. Now, I only got an 18-inch wheel, so uh, I'm running 14-inch discs, um, and they, they fill that rim. I mean, it looks like piece just the size of pizzas in there man but i got six pistons front and rear and i work with them on on sort of designing this kit um we got six pistons uh front and rear and uh uh and then they came out a while ago with their own master cylinder called remaster and it's a nice billet piece you can get them in multiple colors and uh, they sent me one um, in a black anodized, which I loved. Uh, we got one of the first ones, I believe, because we when when I had this car at SEMA in the MagnaFlow booth um, the first time, uh, we wanted that on there. So I have the bare um, uh, proportioning valve and their remaster master cylinder on there. And one of the things that I did on my car, which was interesting, was the Mustang Cobra has a giant uh, uh, brake booster. And uh, and I don't like the size of it. It takes up so much room in the engine compartment, right? But if you step down to the one that's too small, you don't get on another Mustang. You don't get enough pressure for the brakes. So I hit up the, um, the guys at uh, I think it's Tough Stuff, Tough Stuff Performance. They make universal brake boosters and stuff for all sorts of hot rods. You know, muscle cars, hot rods. They have some universal ones, and they have some ones that are direct fit, you know, for your Tri-5 Chevys and your Novas and your, you know, and and some of the, you know, early-gen Mustangs. So I reached out to them, and I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing six-piston front, six-piston rear. I need a universal brake booster, nothing rebuilt, all new. I want it black powder-coated. And they said, we've got you covered. And they sent me something like a 10-inch booster. So it's bigger than the, the, the smaller 9 and not quite the 11. And then I brought it over to our shop, and then uh, we we shaved off some of the mounting um, uh, bolts, welded on new ones, welded on the rod that goes to the brake pedal, and we custom-mounted a booster uh, into the Mustang. So it's the only one that has it. But then we matched we, – we mounted the – bare remaster master cylinder to that brake booster I'll, I'll i'll go digging through some photos i'll go snap another photo and i'll post up to my instagram so you see what i'm talking about but 
You got a lot more room? Uh, I do, and it looks so much cleaner, and it's so much nicer. And the the, the master cylinder doesn't like – I'm sorry, the brake booster doesn't like jam up against the engine. Just that extra like inch, inch and a half less in diameter really cleans it up. And I'll, I'll tell you this because you're switching over to the bare brakes. We love uh, – you know, we've used Willwood. We love those guys. Uh, uh, we've used Brembo in the cars. We love them as well. Um, and bare uh, – I'll just tell you straight up. For bare, I thought for a long time bare was sort of this SEMA brake, right? Like they always look good. They match up big calipers front and rear. And then years ago, I did this racing event. I did this hill climb event called the Spectre 341 Challenge. It was like 5.2 miles uh, hill climb, 22 turns, no guardrails. It was an epic event. And the guys who put on the event lent me one of their cars. They lent me uh, a Camaro Z28. Um, it was a real Z28. It was a real 1970 Z28, but it had some upgrades. It had some extra power, and it had these bare brakes on all four corners, and that's when I was sold. I ran this car hard. I feared for my life at every turn because there's no guardrails. You just dropped your death, and then when I was done, I was like, I get it now. These guys make some pretty good stuff, so uh, that's a testament, uh, my own personal case study with bare brakes that I did race this event um, for a couple of days, I was I I I was hard as hard on that car as I can be without killing myself or 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 fearing for it not being my car. But um, they were fantastic, and that's why I called and put them on this Mustang. So I think you're going to love them. Well, I'm I was sold when I put them on Wanda's Wanda's Trans Am and drove it at Pahrump. Oh, I you know, forgot you had ago. them there too. Yeah. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? That. that Freaking car stops on a dime, so I was sold instantly. Um, it was just—I I didn't know it was in, in the equation here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for it, and I'm curious to see the performance upgrade. You know, from the past number of years. So, yeah, that, those, the brakes—they're fantastic. Yeah, man, you say it stops on a dime, but I'm pretty sure there was a dent in that door. <laughs> It stops on a dime unless you're going 130. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I just busted yeah. balls. I, I remember, like, you got the car, and you're yeah. like, I'm taking it out. And you're like, oops. I forgot what, what was in the middle of the was, field, was, like the timing was, light. or was called a timing tower at, yeah. <laughs> at, at uh, El Toro, man, during the event. Yeah. yeah. I was flying. I was flying. That's That was uh, – um, I can't remember the guy's advice. He told me, you know, my, my prior lap, I lost it around that corner and, uh, I, I didn't stay in the throttle and his advice was to stay in the throttle coming around. And I did. And I proceeded to throw the rear end around at about 130 miles an hour. Yeah, that was fun. It's funny because I, I did a a racing map. Well, I'll tell you in a second, but, um, I'm going to tell you guys about Zybar, a revolutionary new product that we love here at CarCast. We got some over there. We're going to be trying it out soon. Zybar is an ultra-thin coating for manifolds, headers, turbos, tailpipes, mufflers, and tips. It's only a thousandth of an inch thick. It, uh, it reduces radiant heat by up to 90%. It's the first DIY thermal coating of its kind. It's non-corrosive, and it doesn't break down, even in 2,000-degree environments. It makes wraps, shields, and expensive ceramic coatings obsolete. If you think about it, when you use the wraps, and, and there's a time for those, I, I, they're okay, but 
especially on a streetcar, you can get moisture underneath there and it creates rust. So, you know, sometimes you don't want that. So um, this is a pretty cool alternative, Zybar. It comes in four awesome colors. They have bronze, midnight black, cast silver, and Porsche gray, and it'll make your engine look like a showpiece. This is available for purchase at Zycoat.com and many auto parts retail locations. So put Zybar on, take heat off. Check out Zycoat, Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. You were talking about uh, 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 doing that event and racing and having like the race instructor guy tell you, uh, you know, get on it, get on it, get on it, get on it. Like twice I've been down this road. Twice I've been down this road is uh, one, I did the this stock car race, this charity event uh, thing, and um, you can't hear anything. There's a spotter up in the booth, and uh, and you're in the car, and you kind of got like, you know, like the ear uh, uh, you got like an earplug, but with the little microphone in it, the speaker in it, and the guy's up in the booth, and he's like, "I'm coming around I'm at Irwindale, going around that oval," and he's like, "Hammer down, hammer down, hammer down!" I hammer down, the car spins around. He goes, "My fault." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Well, what the hell, man?" <laughs> and then, uh, kind of the same thing happened. I was out in Vegas doing um, a Vor that off-road experience, which I highly recommend. It is so much fun. Um, you take the trophy trucks out there and you hit them in the dirt, but then they have a skid pad and you can learn to drift in the Mustangs. And the guy's like, turn in and, and this is how you drift. And he's like, gas, gas, gas. And I did it and I spin around. And I did it again and I spin around. I did it again and I spin around. I'm like, all right, you need to tell me something different because I feel like you keep <laughs> telling me to do the same exact thing and I'm doing it and we're not getting the results. So we're either insane or you need to come up with some other instruction. You're the instructor. Come up with something else other to say uh, to say to me other than, you know, turn in and throttle down because we're trying that. We're, we're five times into it and we're just, we're just spinning around. We're not drifting yet. So what else you got? He's like, I got nothing. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, we're done here. Let's I go back another, into the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, kind of a weird thing, but, uh, uh, anyway, so just to wrap up, because uh, we're going to be running out of time here, uh, you got the bare brakes coming in, you got the wide body kit coming in, and 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 this is not on the demon. The demon you decide to to not really uh, to get into. This is your Hellcat that you're you're doing all the work on, right? Well, yes and no. The Hellcat's over Magnaflow, and Richard Waitis is kind of heading that project right now, and I, uh, at the same time, am investigating the do-it-yourself aspect of the harness bar and removal, seat removal of the Demon. How'd that go? Uh, We saw the posts online. We talked about it last week, and you're like, it could be difficult. And uh, uh, if anybody, if anybody, put it this way, if there's a video online of one human being doing it themselves, I can do it. So that's that's pretty much the motto that I took. And there was no obstacle whatsoever. It's just all about patience and taking your time. It's a puzzle. And it's hoping that uh, all the pieces are there when you go to put it back together and you remember how to do it. And that's uh, why you take photos and that's why... Uh, it's an advantageous scenario to have two sides of the side panel as opposed to just one. Yeah. So you can learn from taking the first one off. But, you know, uh, I have uh, one more attachment to do with the uh, harness harnesses themselves, and then it's completed. But um, wheels and tires are next on that car. I'm going to set it up, like I said, like the drag pack cars. And uh, that's, that, the demon, that demon will be done. 
Well, so um, now that you've done the the rear seat delete in the bar, the harness bar stuff, what what's your thought? Should somebody try to tackle this at home? Is it a, is it a weekend project that they can do? I think there's no question about it. As long as you have the patience and the tools, and uh, there were la- there was definitely a lack of instructions um, <laughs> for sure. But yeah. if you you know if it's it's just it's 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 a big Lego. Yeah. That's all it is. And it, you know what, having that rear seat delete is, there's one aspect that I didn't even think about, but it's quite logical. I, I, the sound is even louder. So it's, oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So you guys can check that out at uh, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can see the, the several posts that he made as he kind of went through. Um, so definitely check that out. We're going to wrap it up here. Somebody needs a studio, but uh, you guys should. Uh, Check out your uh, your Dodge dealer. Your authorized Dodge dealer invites you to experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Schedule a test drive today. Go to Dodge.com and visit your Dodge dealer to learn more about the exciting offers on our powerful lineup. Uh, definitely give them a buzz. Tell them Goldberg sent you. Yeah. Tell them Goldberg sent you. Say, I want something Goldberg can fit in. Um, all right guys we're gonna wrap it up uh bill thanks a lot as always we appreciate uh hearing about all the projects that you guys are doing thanks chris for uh for producing thank you guys and uh and until next time keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel be good gentlemen until we meet again all right Great All right, show, Bill. guys. Thank you so much. Great. And uh, we're off to Rensport for a few days, but we'll do this again um, next week. Um, uh, I, I don't have a final answer on SEMA from Richard Waitis. We're trying to do something, and he's he texted me again today.